expectation. Amen. Come here. I come here with expectation. I come. I, I enter each day with expectation. What is the Lord going to say today? Amen. Those prophets in the Old Testament, they, they got up every morning and did whatever it was that they did. And, and that one day that one prophet was getting up and he was hooking up the, the, the yoke of oxen. He was fixing to do what he'd done every day, taking care of his family's farm. And all of a sudden, a man walked by and threw a mantle and everything changed. And so we don't know from day to day when something's going to happen in our life, when something's going to change. We're just going through our usual routine of life. We're serving the Lord and and he was serving the Lord, but God was calling him up to a higher place. And so we don't know. We don't know if we're the next Elijah, Elisha. We don't know if we're the next Paul or, or Silas. We don't know. We just think we're just somebody in a mass of people, but God's got his eye on us. He's got a plan and it's up to us to find that place. Amen. And I want the Lord to find me in a prayer meeting somewhere, maybe down on my face in my bedroom or somewhere. I want the Lord to find me somewhere. And if, if there's something in my destiny for that, I want to find that and do it with all of my might today. Amen. And so we're going to go right into this, this lesson. We're talking about the gift of God. And so we're going to go right into 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 through 7, if we could go there. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He wasn't an apostle of his own will. He was an apostle by the will of God. According to the promise which of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, he was his son in the Lord. He wasn't his real son. He was his son in the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I, have, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of these in my prayers night and day. He prayed all the time, didn't he? Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy fears, thy tears, excuse me, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift. Everybody say the gift. The gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so last week we we kind of got into that whole concept of what is the gift of God? What What is he talking about when he said to Timothy to stir up the gift of God that is in him? It sounds like it was already in him. By the laying on the hands, he's saying, I'm asking you to stir that gift up. What was that gift? And we were singing about this amazing grace. And it, was the, it was the grace that saved us, but grace is so much more than just that. And so we talked about what grace was. And Paul said in Romans 12, 3, very briefly, he said, For I say, through the grace given unto me. So Paul had grace 
given unto him. It was by God's grace that Paul was who he was in that day. He was, Paul, if you read about Paul's life, he didn't see himself as anybody special. He said, I was chief among sinners. He, he had a very humble spirit. And so Paul, you know, he talked about this grace that was given unto him. And we discussed what grace was. And the, and the, in one place it says that as God hath given each his particular capacity to take in the gifts and graces which God has designed for his general good. God's got a specific design by his grace. He's wanting to operate through each one of us specifically in a unique and a special way. Not everybody's going to be an intercessor. Not everybody's going to be a preacher. Not everybody's going to be a Sunday school teacher. Everybody's going to have their gift that God has given them. There's gifts of help. There's all kinds of gifts and things and, and special things that God knows with, that with our personality, he created us, didn't he? He knows how to use the tools that he's put on this earth. We are his. We're not our own, right? And so it's in Second Timothy one six it says, Wherefore I put into thee it put thee in remembrance. He's been talking to Timothy, he's been mentoring him. And he's putting him in remembrance. Remember, Timothy, we talked about this before. That thou stir up the gift of God. Stir up that gift of God. What is that gift of God? That's God's grace, right? Every one of us has God's grace operating in our life. It's not just his unmerited favor. That, that's part of it. But God's grace, and it's God's operation in our life. He's, he, we have to allow him to do that. Titus 2.11 said that for gr- the grace that, of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Every one of us that's come into the knowledge of this truth, every one of us that's received the Holy Ghost, every one of us that's been baptized in Jesus' name, it was by God's grace and mercy that we even got to that point. But it didn't stop there, did it? The people in the first church didn't just get saved and go home, did they? They didn't. What is the, you, you read it. Acts chapter 2, verse 39 through 47. You read that. What did they do? They got busy. And they stayed busy. Okay? They started operating in the grace that God gave them. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you. You're not doing it. If God gives you a gift... Of healing, it's not you doing the healing. Right? Some people think they're doing it. And they start taking credit for it. I'll never forget when I was brand new in Pentecost. And somebody handed me a tape one day. And it was T.W. Barnes preaching. And he was talking about when God started using him in the gifts of healing. And he went out and had this banner made up. And it said, Barnes Healing Campaign. <laughs> he said he said he was getting all ready for this this revival that he was going to have, and he was sitting there praying, and God said to him, "Huh, Barnes Healing Campaign, huh? I'll see you later." That's what he said. <laughs> and he said, "No, no, Lord, I'll take it down." 
And that sounds funny, but God was trying to get him to understand, this is not you, T.W. Barnes. I'm just using you as a vessel. Paul, Paul was the same way. You know, they, they took those cloths from his, from his apron and they went around and laid them on people. That, I mean, Paul wasn't anything special. He'll, he'd tell you that if he was here today. Right? But it is God that worketh in us both to will. This is a really good definition if you want a good definition of grace in the Bible. If for it is God that worketh in you or, he, or is operative in you, his grace is operative. Grace is like, I, I think it's the word, um, I, don't, I don't have it right here, but it, it talks about, it's like, it's like it's not you. It's not your personality. It's God operating through you. You're just standing there, and it's like Jesus said. The things that I say and the things that I do, it's not me. What did he say? It's the Father. I'm just, I'm just here as a vessel like you. I'm just, if the Father says to say it, I say it. If the Father says go do it, I do it. And so that's what, what he's talking about here. Both to will and to do of whose good pleasure? His. His purpose. His, does God have a plan? Does God have a purpose? Does he, have, does he need us to fulfill his plan and purpose? Absolutely he does. Because he didn't just save us to go sit over here so he could finish the job. What did the church do? They got busy. And they've stayed busy ever since. And so he needs the agency of human beings. Right? He needs us to have that spirit in us so that he can energize us to go out and fulfill his will in the earth. How did they turn the world upside down? You've read that before in the New Testament, right? They... These people, they were, they were kind of complaining about it. These people are turning the world upside down with their gospel. Are we doing that? Are we letting God's grace operate? Right? They had to be doing something. They had to be busy about their father's business and doing God's business for somebody to even say that. It was, it was a derogatory thing. It wasn't like, oh, those wonderful people, they're turning the world upside down. That's not what the context of that statement was in the Bible. What are we going to do with these people that are turning the world upside down with this gospel that they're preaching? Do you want that to be said about you? I do. I do. I mean, they were going after them, weren't they? So we want God to be to empower us to do what he would have us to do, right? I want to be a vessel for God. I don't know about you. And so we kind of ran through this part, this number one. Uh, there's four things we're going to talk about. The first one is fear because he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of fear, right? And it says, for God has not given... He didn't say given you, Timothy. He said us. That's what Paul wrote under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Who's us? Everybody point at yourself. Us. It's us. Us, the church. He's not given us a spirit of fear. What spirit has he given us? The Holy Spirit. And what does that spirit come with? 
all kinds of stuff, peace, power, you name it, right? Anointing, authority, and all those things. And so if, if we're operating in a spirit of that word fear there, is, it, we talked about is the word same word cowardice or being fearful or timid, timidity. We, he didn't give us a spirit of timidity, did he? Did Jesus have a spirit of timidity? He had a spirit of meekness. Right? He did. But Jesus wasn't afraid of anything. <laughs> he wasn't afraid of nothing. Right? Or was he? Or was he? Matthew eight twenty five, we're kind of diving into the sort of the end of this spirit of fear. I just wanted to retouch on this again because I feel like we ran through it kind of quickly last Sunday. And so, anyway, Matthew eight twenty five and 26 says, And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. And he also talks about that in the book of Mark, 439. He asked the same question to the disciples. Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. Right? When do we become fearful? Has anybody in here ever been fearful? You've ever been afraid of something? I'll never forget when I was 14, getting ready to deliver my paper route in Louisville, Kentucky, and I looked across, across behind the Kroger grocery store, and there was a, I saw a tornado as big as life coming right at me. I got I was so scared I didn't know what to do. And I'd seen that movie, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> All I could imagine myself doing was being sucked up in that tornado and being dropped off somewhere right so i was fearful we all experience that right like when you're driving past that that wonderful lovely state trooper out there on the interstate and you look down and you make sure you're not speeding <laughs> right they're just there for your good they're, they're not there to they're not there to be mean and cruel or anything and so we become fearful when we fail to remember what power it is that we have in us, in the church. That's when we become fearful. Does that happen today? Absolutely it does. Timothy had to remind Paul of that. You remember we were talking about what was going on with Timothy here. Paul was in prison writing this letter, these letters, First and Second Timothy, to Timothy. He was trying to encourage Timothy because he was basically handing things over to Timothy. To the church at Ephesus. And he was, and so that, that's a big order for somebody that's never done that before. Timothy had always been kind of the second man and, and he'd always been kind of there, but Paul was really kind of, I don't want to say in charge, but Paul was the, the key guy, right? And so now Timothy is being handed over all this responsibility and it, it can get a little overwhelming. You've never, if you've never been in a position before and suddenly somebody says, okay, now you're in charge. And you've never done that before? It's kind of a fearful thing. Because you've watched other people do it from a distance, but now it's all on you. What are you going to do with that? 
You're just going to step up and make a few mistakes along the way, right? And learn your way. Even though you've watched the other guy do it for so long, you're like, how did, you know, it's just different when you step into that role. And so that was what was what was happening with Timothy. But Paul was here to remind him that God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And, you know, Jesus really in the, in the, in the book, he gives us remedies for the spirit of fear. He tells us what to do to overcome the spirit of fear. Let's go to the book of 1 Thessalonians 5.16. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Next. In everything. Is that everything? Does it leave anything out? That's everything. Everything is everything. Life, trouble, trial, test, persecution, pain, pressure, problems, all of that. In everything, give thanks. When you feel fearful, give thanks. Remember whose you are. Remember what power is in you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. doesn't say that you're not going to go through stuff just says in everything give thanks give thanks in everything even when you don't especially when you don't understand it because he's going to let stuff happen in your life that you're not going to understand and he's not going to explain it he's not obligated to explain everything to us before he does it is is he is he right hebrews 4 15 Hebrews 4.15, Jesus encouraged us. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in some points, oh wait, all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Did he, so would if Jesus was tempted in all points, if he suffered everything we suffered, if he went through every emotion that we possibly could imagine, if he went through that, and if you believe that he did, then you have to believe that Jesus had fear. He had fear. He was fearful. I think when he went to that to the top of that mountain to pray before he was crucified, I think there was just a little bit of fearfulness going on in, in the human Jesus, the man's life. <laughs> Why do you think that, Brother Demute? Because what did he go up there and pray? If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He was trying to get out of it. Why? It, it was going to hurt. He had seen somebody be crucified before, I'm sure of it. Because that was a method that they used in that day. And he knew how painful that was. And in his flesh, he didn't want to have to go through that. But then he, he, he reached that point where he said, But you know, I know that's why I'm here. Father, nevertheless, not as I will. I'm laying my fear down. I'm not going to be afraid. You got this. You've sent me here. You've been directing me this whole time. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he had to suffer the pain of all of our sin. Not just the pain of the nails. 
Not just the pain of the beatings and his beard being ripped out. He had to suffer the pain of all the penalty for the sin that we committed. He was taking all that on himself. And so Jesus, I believe, felt fear. But Paul encouraged Timothy. He said, Timothy, you got this. Don't worry about it. He said, God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. He's given us a spirit of power. What spirit of power is that? We already talked about it. The power of the Holy Ghost. He's given us that spirit of power. We need to just realize what we have. That word power in that scripture is the word dunamis. Speaking of a person or a thing in whom the power of God is manifested. Complete Word Study Bible says that. And it's in many places in the Bible it speaks of the power of God operating in his people, right? What is of God? All you English majors in the room. What is of God? What is that? It's a prepositional phrase. Because <laughs> whose, whose power is it? Of God indicates who it belongs to, right? So it's not our power, is it? It's his. So Paul was reminding Timothy and us that when we received God's spirit, that there was a spirit of power or of supernatural ability that he just gave us. It comes with the package. It's not our own power or in our own ability. It's not our own intellect. That's like just like Jesus said. I'm not doing this of myself. It's my Father that's directing me to do this stuff and say this stuff that I'm saying. That same word dunamis is found in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. What does that verse say? You shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive the power of God being manifested in you after you receive the Holy Ghost. It's a miraculous power. It's a mighty power. It's a signs and wonders kind of power. The spirit that he gave us was not a spirit that had as any part of its nature, fear or fearfulness involved. But a fearless spirit, that same spirit that God, uh, of God that directed every step and action of Jesus Christ was anything but timid. Jesus was anything but timid. He was meek and lowly, but he was not fearful. He was not timid. When he walked into those situations, he stepped in there with authority. When he stepped into that temple where they were buying and selling with that whip he stepped in there with authority whose authority almighty god the father's authority i don't do this of my own authority i do it by the father he said he knew whose authority he was using and he was authorized to use it matthew ten twenty eight says and fear not them which kill the body. Don't be fearful. That word fear there is that word phobio, which is where we get the root word phobia. Don't be frightened. Don't be terrified. Don't be fearful of those that will kill the body, but 
are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Have, have a healthy fear and a reverence for the one that can condemn you to hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground, and the father without the father, without his knowledge? But every one, but every hair, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value, of more value than any many sparrows. So he was telling Timothy, "Don't be fearful. You've got the power in you and your little finger more more power than all the devils that are in that are on this earth that were kicked out of hell. You've got more power." Timothy, you got this. Believe us now not. Ten, uh, John 10, verse, uh, excuse me, John 14, verse 10. Believe us now not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. I don't speak them of my own initiative or my own authority. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. It's the Father performing the works through me. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily. Pay attention to this. This is important. It's what he's saying. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. So if you, you, if you back up there, we're talking about the, the spirit of power this morning. So if you back up there, he says, I say unto you that he that believeth on me. Well, who is he that believeth? A believer, right? A convert? A disciple? So those people on, those 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost, when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that day and they were baptized in Jesus name that day did they have that same power to do the works that Jesus did and greater works the moment they received the Holy Ghost I mean the moment they received it God doesn't just give you a little tiny weeny bit of Holy Ghost and then build you up and right you have the ability the authority from God to immediately turn around and lay hands on somebody and God will heal them. You believe that? It's, he didn't say it was for certain people, did he? Believers. Right? Believers. I'll never forget the story I heard about the youth group that was in Texas or someplace and their, their youth leader they took them all out on a Saturday, and they were just walking through the mall praying. 30 or 40 young people just walking through the mall, you know, they all, all those kiosks and stuff in the middle. And, and they, somebody was having a heart attack or something. And one of those young people, without asking the leader, just ran over there and said, Okay, we're going to pray in Jesus' name, and God's going to heal him. And all these people were standing around like, Who does this person think they are? Before the leader could actually get over there, there was three or four of them over there, and they were just laying hands on and just talking in tongues and praying over this guy. And they, somebody had called the EMTs, and they finally showed up. By the, but by the time they got there, the guy was sitting up, and there was no problem. 
somebody forgot to tell those young people that they needed to have the leader there first before they did that. Right? No. If only one of them had been there, that was enough faith and enough power in that one young person to do that. We've got to realize who it is that we have living inside of us. That power, that dunamis that lives inside of us, that supernatural ability is what he was telling Timothy and by extension telling us. We, I mean, we got, we got more power in us than we realize sometimes. And what, 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 what comes over us when we get in a situation, I'm not saying us in this room, but in, in general in, in human nature, and the enemy gets involved in this, what, what happens when we get into those situations? He begins to tell us, don't do that. Don't lay hands on them in public. You'll look stupid. Or we get fearful. What if God tells us to do it and nothing happens? <laughs> Is that your business? If he told you to do it and nothing happens? He might have just told you to do that just so he could help you increase your faith. Because we got to be, we can't be fearful. we got to be bold. That's what he was telling Timothy. You're fixing to deal with some stuff, Timothy. Paul had already dealt with all the, the flesh and all the junk going on in the church back in that day, didn't he? That's why he wrote, read those letters to the Corinthians. They were having lots of internal problems. But he didn't stop doing what he was doing. They still had the power of God operating. That They multiplied, the church multiplied in that day. So the problems didn't stop the church from growing. Right? And the devil's not going to let up today any more than he did then. He's going to keep trying to stir things up inside the church and get us to fighting among each other and, and doing all kinds of stuff that's not in this book. But we've got to remember we have a spirit of power in us. Jesus overcame death with that same spirit, right? Luke 10, verse 17 says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Are devils subject unto us today? Amen. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power. That word power there is the word exousia. It's not dunamis. That word exousia means authority or power to do something. So he gave us his authority to operate. Those state troopers out there, in whose authority are they, are they operating? The governor of the state, right? And so he has given us that kind of his authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, all the dunamis, the supernatural power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. The scripture doesn't say that we won't go through trials and tests and difficulties and problems and pain doesn't say that but it says that we will have power do we have power are we are we operating in it not many amen <laughs> we should be we should be i i didn't say amen either i'm i'm not 100% sure i'm operating all the way in the power that god's given me but i'm striving for that i want to get there lord use me Jesus, use me. Lord, don't refuse me. 
Surely there's a work that I can do. Surely, God, just help me get me out of the way so that you can operate through me. Right? Mark 16 and 17 says, And these signs, these attesting miracles and miraculous signs, shall follow them that believe. Believers, right? In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Are we, are we casting out devils? They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Is that happening? I'm not asking you to answer. But I'm just asking you to think about it. Is that happening among us? God was manifesting himself in that day in, in the first church. We read all those stories. And we, in our mind, we, we don't mean to do it, but we, we read about Timothy and Paul. And we read about uh, the people walking in the shadow of Peter and being healed. And we think that's just for certain people. But that was just... That was just a synopsis of those people that were being used. Jesus said if the things that were done in that time and in that day were, were written, there wouldn't be enough books to hold it all. So all we got was just little snapshots of certain people, but that doesn't mean that only certain people can do it. Wouldn't that be awesome? You wouldn't even have to pray. Just walk past people. In your shadow, just in your shadow, they just, whatever, that, that goiter falls off their neck. Can you imagine that? Really? Peter wasn't the only one. God can use you the same way he used Peter. He just had to, Peter had to get past Peter. Because we know if you read about Peter, he had some problems. He was a little, had a little bit of an attitude, right? Some of us were like that. But Jesus didn't give up on him, did he? Even when he denied him three times, he didn't give up on him. He used him mightily. He preached on the day of Pentecost. Right? Wow, if we just realized. So, it's through the agency of human beings that God does what he does on this earth. Right? We know the Lee Stone Kings and the people like that that go around traveling around and preaching and God uses them to, to heal people. But if you ever sit in if you ever sit in a service where he's preaching, he'll tell you right away, you don't need me here. <laughs> he's like, Here, come up here. He'll call somebody now you come over here and put your hands on him lay and pray. Hey, I'm not doing this. He said, God's here, he's doing it. He purposely does that. He doesn't want anybody to get the idea that Lee Stone King's doing it. He can use anybody if they'll just operate in faith, if they'll just lay their hands. I mean, people in the Bible had headaches and they had and they 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 had owies and they cut themselves and they, you know, they broke bones and they all this stuff that, you know, they weren't just superhuman. And they didn't, they couldn't run to Walmart and get some Tylenol. Right? They had to trust God. They didn't have physicians and stuff like we have now. So how did they overcome that stuff? It's not written about, but how did they overcome that stuff? How did they overcome a headache? They didn't know what it was. So they just went and got their, their neighbor and said, here, here's some oil, pray for me. 
They didn't wait for Paul to get there. Or Peter, they didn't, did they? They went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship together. And and the Lord added to the church. Oh, man. Paul went on to exhort Timothy, his son in the faith, in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. He said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's that grace again. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. So Paul was, he was teaching a lot of people. He was training a lot of people, wasn't he? The same commit thou to faithful people, faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Sort of looks like a pattern to me, doesn't it? Paul teaches Timothy. Timothy teaches somebody else. They get they get to operating in faith, and then they teach a new guy, and then he gets operating, and it just perpetuates over and over and over again. That's how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to train somebody to take your job. Right? <clears throat> Jesus laid out a plan and a pattern for every potential believer. When he spoke to Nicodemus, he said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We can't do it by our flesh, can we? We're just going to fall and fail. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say and said unto thee, you must be born again. That's how you become a believer. You want this kind of power? God's ready to give it to you. God wants to use you. He's got a destiny. You believe this or not if you want. God has already got it determined in his mind the destiny for every life on this earth. There's a whole lot of people out there that aren't fulfilling their destiny. They think they are, but they're filling their own destiny, not the one that God intended for them, right? They don't even realize, some of them, most of them don't even realize that God's got a different destiny for their life than the one they're leading right now. There's there's preachers and, 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 and there's evangelists and there's prophets out there that are just doing all kinds of other stuff, Amen. We just need to pray that God will save them and deliver them and that they'll find the destiny they're supposed to be following. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness, mercy, and grace. We thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Father, we thank you for the word that you've given us today, that it would get into our spirit, that you would cause us to consider it, to think about it, to study it, to meditate upon it, God, and to consider what it is that you're asking us to do, what you're calling us to do, Father to be that person, oh God, that would operate under your grace, that would that we would realize that we don't have to operate in fear, but we've got power, Father. We've got your power in us. If we'll just come to you and obey your gospel, Father, you'll give us more power than we could ever imagine, and you'll use us for your glory. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.